God has plans to prosper you, give you hope and a future too. So let me remind you of what you have the power to do. You can win, live your dreams, reach your goals, be happy, you can make it. Get motivated with Cassandra You're listening to the Cassandra Mack Podcast, where we maximize success and de-stress from the mess through a biblical lens. Make sure to hang out until the end. I have a special prayer that I'm going to pray just for you. When you get a moment, stop by the website, CassandraMackMinistries.com. Check out our books, inspirational mugs, hoodies, and t-shirts, all designed with your mental health in mind to inspire you to live your blessed life. So we are in the month of October. If this is your birthday month, Happy birthday to you. Shout out to those of you who listen from all around the world. What country, what province, what city, what state are you listening from? How are you connected to Cassandra Mac Ministries? I want to say a big thank you to those of you who support this ministry with your financial offerings and your donations. We could not do what we do without your financial support and generosity. My prayer for you is that God continue to bless you richly. So today's podcast is being sponsored by the I Choose to Speak Life collection, which comes as a a hoodie and a t-shirt, and it's available through Spring Teespring by going to CassandraMcMerch.com. So on today's episode, we are continuing our topic about three ways that you might be speaking death over your future without even realizing it. We are on part two. If you missed part one, Check out last week's episode so that you have the first way that you might be speaking death over your future without even realizing it. So today we're talking about the second way. Before we get into the second way that we might be speaking death over our future, it's important to know that every time we speak, right, we are speaking life or we are speaking death, not necessarily a literal death. But when we say things that undermine our self-esteem, when we say things that berate us, that beat us down, that are demoralizing, we are killing off our confidence. We are killing off our motivation. We are killing off our inspiration. We are killing off our ability to feel good about who we are. And so we have to be very mindful about the words that we speak and remember thoughts are words that we're speaking to ourselves in the privacy of our own mind. That's why your thoughts, your running train of thought is called an inner dialogue or an internal narrative. So even thoughts are words you're speaking. You're just speaking them in the privacy of your own mind. And so with that out of the way, the second way that we speak death over our future, and a lot of people do this without realizing it, is we make vows 
that loose, a counterproductive way of thinking and that pull us in a direction that is not healthy for us emotionally. And over time, that hinders our future. Again, making vows that loose a counterproductive mindset, a counterproductive way of thinking, or that mentally pull us in a direction that doesn't serve us well and hinders our future. And so a vow is a pledge. It is a promise, a pledge. And a lot of times we make promises and pledges all the time. And when we make a promise or a pledge, in many ways, we are making a covenant. And we might not look at it that way, but we are speaking into our future and we have to be mindful of that. And I'm going to give you some examples of vows that we make that can negatively affect our future, that begin to speak death over our future. But I want to frame it from Matthew 18, 18. Matthew 18, verse 18 says, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so binding, right, when we bind something, that means that we forbid it. We don't permit it. We stop it. But when we lose something, we let that thing loose. And so even with the words we speak, we are either binding or loosing mental resilience, mental well-being. We are either binding or loosing a particular state of mind, like depression. We are either binding or loosing an emotional state of being. And we may not look at it that way, but we do have the power to bind and loose. So much so that it says it in the scriptures, Matthew 18 and 18. And so before I give you some examples, I want to just kind of share that in this example, Jesus is instructing his disciples on how they ought to carry his message forward. And he is speaking in terms of them embodying the Christ mind, right? The Bible says, let the same mind that is in Christ be in you. He is speaking to them as the full embodiment of the Christ. And so he is calling them to realize and express by following his example, his example to teach and empower. And so there is a practical thing about this instruction. And so when we let the same mind that is in Christ be in us, and that happens when we become Christians, right? When we give our lives to the Lord, right? There is a spiritual conversion that takes place. We begin taking off the old man, putting on the new man. There's power, right? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so by earth, Jesus is describing our uh, existence here, right? Our existence on earth. And in heaven, he is, when he talks about uh, in heaven, meaning that we will be binding or loosing things in heaven and in earth, he is talking about the spiritual power that is our true identity, and when we are centered in who we are in Christ, our choices have the creative power of God. Now, we know that the world, right, was framed by the words of God. But do you know that we also frame our world by our own words? Remember, we're created in the image and likeness of God according to the book of Genesis. And so every day we're creating our own world. We're framing our world by the words we speak. So when we say things like, I am so stupid, 
everybody hates me. You are framing your world. Your world includes your point of view. Your world includes your outlook. Your world includes your state of mind. Your world includes your perspective. This is your personal world, how you're showing up in the world. Your inner world, that includes your thoughts. And so we're framing our inner world by the words we speak. And when you think about what a frame does, right? Think about a frame that uh, encloses a picture. And so the frame holds the picture in place, right? The frame holds the picture in place. And a frame also can add value to the picture that is inside the frame. But a frame really holds the picture in place. And so when we speak self-depreciating, reckless words, we're holding a particular picture in place. So if we picture ourselves as stupid and inadequate, we're holding that in place with the words that we frame our world with. This is why we do not have the luxury as believers. This is how powerful we are. If you truly believe that the word says what it says about you, if you truly believe that you are what that word says about you, then you understand your power. The word tells us that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that we're raised up and seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. This is not speaking only of a future reality. This is also speaking of the here and now. You are seated spiritually. We have the power to trample on serpents and scorpions. So when we really understand the power that we have through Christ Jesus, we understand that we cannot speak capricious words. We have creative power. This power is absolute and infinite. And it is already an expression of the absolute strength of the divine. And so when we understand this, we understand that we can't speak recklessly. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I'm going to give you an example from Genesis. So if you remember Genesis, that Adam named the animals, right? God didn't name the animals. You can read it for yourself. So God brought each animal to Adam. And whatever Adam named the animals, that was its name. That was the animal's name. So here's the thing, right? When we name something, name doesn't just mean like a string of letters on a birth certificate. That is a very surface uh, way of looking at name. But when we look at what a name means biblically, name denotes nature, the nature of a thing, the identity of a thing. So we see time and time again in the Bible that God would change names, right? So Jacob, he changed Jacob's name from Jacob, which meant deceiver, trickster, to Israel, which meant a nation. So we see time and time again that God changes the names of individuals in the Bible because the name change really is, uh, uh, really signifies that there's a change in nature, that there's a change in identity, there's a change in the way that you perceive yourself. Even we go through a name change. Every believer goes through a name change. You are now a Christian. That is a name change. Your whole nature changes. And of course, you know, nobody's perfect. We're growing, right? We all grow and uh, we all fall short of the glory, but there still is a change in our nature. And so when we begin to really understand that, this lets us know that we don't have the luxury to just speak recklessly. 
So bringing it back to Adam naming the animals, right? So God brings each animal to Adam and whatever Adam called every living creature, that was its name. This is in Genesis 2 and 19, Genesis 2 and 19. So I want you to really think about this. Adam names a shark a shark, a, a, a horse a horse, a fish a fish. You can think of each animal, right? So when Adam is naming the animals, he is also giving credence to its nature, to its identity. You know that a fish is not a bird because of its name. You know that a cricket is not a butterfly because of its name. You know that a cat is not a dog because of its name. And when you think of name, it's not just the name cat, but it is also the identity. You have the picture in your mind of what a cat looks like and you don't picture a cat looking like a tarantula. Why? Because of the name cat. There's an image that comes to mind. There is a mental image that comes to mind because you understand the nature of a cat is different from the nature of a type of a tarantula. You can insert any animal. You get the, you get the point. So when we understand this from this perspective, we understand that we don't have the luxury to recklessly make these vows. So let me give you some examples of ways that we speak death into our future by the vows that loose a certain way of thinking that undermines our future. Number one, I'll never love anyone the way that I love you. That's a dangerous vow to make. I'll never love anyone the way that I love you. What if the relationship doesn't work? There are so many people who it takes them decades to get over someone who has moved on, who is remarried, who's not even thinking about them. And they don't attach it to those words they spoke. I'll never love anyone the way that I love you. How do you know you'll never love? You can see the future. How do you know? What if the person that you say that to is a narcissist and you don't know that? I'll never love anyone the way that I love you. You are speaking into your future. You are loosing a limitation. You are loosing a limitation that you will never find love again if this relationship does not work out. That you will never find love again. You gotta break that vow. See, a vow is a verbal pledge. You are pledging to never love anyone again. We don't think about this when we speak because most of us are not this literal. But it is important to consider this. So a lot of times you will see situations where a person is obsessed with someone and they cannot get over them, right? You ever heard somebody say, I can't get you out of my mind. I can't get you out of my system. Well, it's not surprisingly. You promised, you promised you was never going to love anybody again the way you love them. You made a verbal pledge. You actually are in covenant with the words you spoke. You got to break that vow. It would be better to say, I love you very much. You enrich my life in so many ways. I love you fully. I love you so much. See, that's a different kind of thing. 
That's not the same as saying I'll never love anybody the way that I love you. And this is why you'll see situations where somebody, the, the relationship doesn't work out. That person remarries, but they're not fully available to that person. Even though they're remarried, they're not fully available. Their heart is with somebody else. Well, you said you'll never love anyone the way you love them. You gotta be mindful. You are losing something very powerful with every word you speak. See, most people only pay attention to physical reality, not understanding there are always two realities at work in this life. There is the physical reality that we experience through the five physical uh, senses in this physical world, but there's a higher reality at work, and that's the spiritual reality. See, when Adam named the animals, right, God brought each animal to Adam to see what he would name it, to see the nature he would give it. And whatever Adam named the animal, that was its name. Whatever he called it, that was its name. Woo, that's powerful. All of heaven had to stand behind Adam because Adam made a decision to call a fish a fish. All of heaven had to stand behind Adam. Now, why is this? Well, he was given dominion on earth, mankind. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue, replenish, have dominion. We forget about that word, have dominion. We forget about that word, have dominion. God is not a man that he could lie. So when we have dominion on earth and we are loosing depression through the words we speak, we have creative power. We have creative license over our own lives. It's called free will. I'll never be happy again. That's another vow. That's a dangerous vow to make. And then you wonder why you can't find your joy. Well, you promised. You promised. You promised. You promised you was never going to be happy again. See, sometimes we're in a state of mind where we say these things. We say these things and we don't realize what we are unleashing. We don't realize the spiritual power that we are unleashing with the words we speak. I'll never be happy again. It would be better to say I feel so sad. One of the things you'll constantly hear me say, particularly those of you who come to church by phone, is the necessity of separating your feelings from your being. And I always correct people when they say, I am depressed. Do you mean you feel depressed? I am anxious. You feel anxious. Add that word feel. Add that, see, because you can do something about your emotional state. You can manage your emotions. You can identify your triggers. You can put things in place to self-care. Don't you say, I am depressed. Say, I feel depressed. I struggle with depressive thoughts. I struggle with anxiety. That's not the same thing as saying, I am. I am. I am. Mm -mm. We must separate our feelings from our being, our state of being. That's, the, that's you, the state of being. I have to catch myself because I'm not perfect. I'm like all of you, like everybody else. We all fall short of the glory. I got to catch myself when I say things like I'm depressed. No, no, no. Cassandra, you feel depressed. I'll never be happy again. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Sometimes we say these things when we are in a very depressive place, when uh, we lose somebody we love, when we're grieving. Maybe you lost a child. 
and you're like, I'll never be happy again. It would be better to say, I am so devastated and hurt and my heart is broken because I miss my child and I wish they were here. That's different from saying I'll never be happy again. God gave us free will. God made us in his image and his likeness. We forget that likeness. That likeness means that, now, now, y'all, some of y'all gone who, who are religious, this going to rub you the wrong way. That likeness means that we are just like God on a smaller scale within our individual lives. Meaning that God framed the entire world with his words. We frame our individual world with our words. We've got creative license. We've got creative license. God is creative and created the whole world out of nothing through the words he speaks. We can create something out of nothing. When you have an idea in your mind, think about uh, an, an architect who is building a, a house, a building, and he sees or she sees the house in their mind, but there's nothing physical yet. And from this image that he or she sees in her mind, they, they draw plans. So that's something from nothing. And then they hire contractors to build it. So they're building what they see in their mind. So when we're building something, it doesn't start with the physical act of building. It's not the act. Construction always starts with concept and design. It doesn't start with building. It starts with concept and design. The minute you conceive the idea and you design it, meaning imagine it in your mind, and you write the vision and make it plain, you can build from there. See, because thought always precedes action. So if we feel depressed, we didn't get that way out of nowhere. We had some thoughts that we dwelled on, that we ruminated on. Maybe we played some music that reinforced those sad thoughts and we felt sadder and sadder. Maybe we stayed in bed and engage those thoughts. As believers, we have so much power. And I don't know if we really realize how powerful we are and we cannot, we cannot take this power lightly. Have you ever said, I am such a failure or you know anyone or your kids have said that? You have to correct them. Correct them immediately. You are not a failure. You may have failed a test. You may have gotten an F on a test. You are not a failure. All it means is, for whatever reason, there's some struggles around that subject. We can figure this out. Maybe you need tutoring. We can figure out what it is you need so that we can bring that F up to a C. Or even a D. Not, we might not get an A in every subject because we all have different gifts and skills, but we, we certainly can bring it up and we can pass. And so we just gotta figure it out, but you are not stupid, my child. You are not a failure. You simply got an F on a test. Let's put this in perspective. You are not a failure. 
You have a sound mind. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but he gave you one of power, love, and a sound mind. So a sound mind is not a failing mind. A sound mind is a mind that can think logically, creatively, resourcefully, strategically, and decisively. So now we got to get creative about how do we improve this grade? We got to get resourceful. Do we need a tutor? Do we need someone to sit with you? Do you need to be part of a study group? What do we need to do? Do we need to figure out what's going wrong? Can we talk to the teacher and figure out where it is that uh, there's a disconnect within this subject? There is a solution to this problem. You are not a failure. You got an F on a test. You are not a failure. I got fired from a job. I'm a failure in life. You got fired from a job. Well, Cassandra, I got fired from three jobs. I'm a fa- you got fired from three jobs. You are not a failure in life, but there is something that you are doing that is not working. And because you have a sound mind, yes, you do. You have a sound mind. Mm-hmm. You have to activate it, but you have a sound mind. Then you got to figure out what the pattern is that is causing you to lose all of these jobs. You can figure that out whether you figure it out by talking to someone and as you are talking about all the things you do with each of the jobs that you've had, they can begin to connect the dots and help you see the pattern of why uh, you uh, keep getting fired from jobs, but you are not a failure. You might have some bad habits that need to be tweaked. So really begin to catch yourself. This is what I'm getting at and I have to do the same thing. We're all in this together. When you find yourself making vows, a verbal pledge or a covenant, When you find yourself attaching your being to words that rob you of who you are in God. So anytime we attach our I am to words that rob us of who we are in God, I am a failure. How can you be a failure when the Bible says every place that the sole of your foot treads I have given to you. And even though it wasn't said to you personally, God has no respect of person. So you can pull the wisdom from that scripture to know that if God says that this is your destiny to go in this direction, he is going to give you what you need for success and progress. So we have to be mindful of attaching our being, which is our I am, to words that are counter to who God is, who we are in God, and what God says we can do through him in his word. And we cannot make vows that loose toxic mental, um, mental train of thought, that, that loose uh, behaviors that don't align with the future that we want to see. So if you found that you have made a vow and you may go back and say, you know what, I have said that and now it makes sense why I can't get over this relationship. Go to God about it. God, I made a vow saying I will never love anyone the way that I love Raheem, Julio, Bob, Jack, Tim. I said I'll never love anyone the way that I love Maria, Chrissy, Sandy, Shakisha. We're going to put Shakisha in there too. I said that I will never love anyone the way that I will love them. And I need to break this vow. Go to God. Go to God. He is your father. And he gives his wisdom freely. He gives his wisdom freely. He has no respect of persons. Go to him for yourself. So you may find that, you know, I need to to break this. I need to break this. I need to break this. I need to break this contract. No, 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 no. I need to break this. I made a contract with myself. I got to get out of this. I got to I got to speak a new vow. I got to go to God and get out of this. I don't want to lose this in my life anymore. I need to speak the word of God over my life. 
I need to start loosing that concerning the thing you made a vow about. And so just begin to be more cognizant of the words that you speak. And if you find that you are making vows and you don't realize you are, you're making a verbal pledge. I'll never love anyone again. I'll never be happy. I'll never be a success. Well, if God has plans to prosper you and give you hope in the future, you just, you, you, you bind in that. Cause you loosen that you're never going to be a success. You got to get in agreement with the fact that God has plans to prosper you and give you hope in the future. Get out of the other agreement and get into the agreement that God has plans to prosper you and give you hope in the future. Get into the Jeremiah agreement. Start speaking that over your life. I denounce the words that I spoke saying I'll never love anyone the way that I love Jerome. I denounce those words in the name of Jesus that I spoke. And I speak a new thing over my life today. God is doing a new thing in my life. God is doing a new thing in my life. God has brand new mercies for me every day. God even has new grace for me every day. Every day I wake up and breathe, that's grace. So just begin to speak a new thing by speaking God's word over your life in the area where you may have made a vow speaking death over your future. That's all. And just go to God for yourself. So with that being said, let us pray. Actually, before we pray, a couple of things I want to tell you about, and then we're going to pray. So if you want to dive deeper into really speaking life, learning how to speak life, I would encourage you to pick up my book, Speaking Life Into Your I Am. That is a book that takes 25 scriptures straight from the Bible and it shows us how to affirm each of those scriptures so we can show up as that person. And the book, Speaking Life Into Your I Am, is not a book that is meant to be read one time. It is a tool. It is a spiritual and a psychological tool. Remember, psychology is the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. Comes from the Greek word soul. Comes from the Greek word psyche, where we get psychology. So when... Uh, we have a toolbox, right? There's lots of different tools, your hammer, your wrench, and you use your tools to either build something from the ground up or repair something. That's how the book Speaking Life Into Your I Am is to be used like a tool. You're either building confidence or you're repairing self-esteem, identity. And sometimes we need little tune-ups, just like you take your car for a tune-up. Sometimes we need little tune-ups depending on the experiences that we go through when our confidence is a little low. So Speaking Life Into Your I Am is available at Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble's uh, booksellers. So I would encourage you to get that and uh, get the Speaking Life Into Your I Am merch. Speaking Life, I'm sorry, I choose to speak life merch, you know, as a way to really remind yourself of who you are in God. So a lot of you ask, how can you advertise your business, your book? Some of you are authors yourself. You have a podcast, a YouTube channel, and you want to leverage the reach of the Cassandra Mac uh, brand. If you're interested in advertising on this podcast, you can go to the website, strategiesforempoweredliving.com. Click on the link that says advertise on the Cassandra Mac podcast, and you'll see all the information there if you would like to advertise. So if our ministry has been a blessing to you, consider giving a financial offering. Every bit helps. Also, share this podcast. Share the videos. Share the books. 
with your friends. Don't keep the blessing to yourself. Let's make the world a better place. Sharing tips, tools, and teaching to live our blessed life. And if you would like to join us for church by phone, you can join us on Sundays. Go to CassandraMacMinistries.com to find out more about uh, church by phone. And if you are not yet a member of the Cassandra Mac channel, what are you waiting for? If you are a member of the Cassandra Mac YouTube channel, you get access to the Wednesday Wellness Club. The Wednesday Wellness Club is a therapeutic group that meets twice a month. It meets two Wednesdays a month. We meet by conference call telephone and we focus on mental self-care. We focus on mental fitness, emotional healing, all through a biblical framework. If that sounds like something you would like to avail yourself to, I would encourage you become a member. You also get access to the book club. Our next book club meeting is October. You get access to the church by phone replays. Maybe you can't make the live church by phone service, so you want access to the replays. That comes with being a member at the second tier or higher. And uh, if you're interested in becoming a member, you will see a link click on the link. It will show you three levels of membership and you can select the level of membership that feels right for you. And if you're not yet ready to be a member, continue to enjoy the uh, public uh, videos. So let us close out with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for reminding us to be mindful of the words we speak. We thank you, Father God, for reminding us to speak life. Help us to speak life whenever we find ourselves in a mental place where we are tempted to speak death. Help us to speak your word, your words of life, your words that are the truth, your words that bring healing, your words that bring peace. Help us to speak your words over our lives. We thank you and we seal this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Have a blessed day, everybody, and let's do our best to be a blessing wherever we go. Until next time.